Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast. It's episode 56 and I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. This is meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are usually just our own personal views and we do look into a couple of topics that you guys send on to us. Let's start off with some good news. Chris, what have we got? Yeah, we have a, an update um, from the Dungarvan leader. It was sent in to us by Kieran Donovan from the Phoenix Motorhome Club. I'll give a quick read through. It's not a long article. Um, it's €100,000 granted for a new 11-bay campervan facility in Dungarvan. The Department of the Environment has released funding totalling €100,000 for the development of a new 11-bay campervan parking facility in Dungarvan. Located on the car park next to the Pitch and Put Club at Quans, Waterford Council fast-tracked the development after an outcry two years ago when it erected no campervan signs at the pond, a story that featured on RTE radio after going viral on social media. Bruised from accusations that the move was anti-tourism, the council applied for funding from the department and rushed through Part 8 planning application. Work was due to start in time for the 2019 season, but was delayed when an aspect of the plan was appealed to on board, on board Planola, uh, who sub- subsequently ruled in the council's favour. With the COVID-19 pandemic hugely impacting on the tourist industry, work on the fully serviced site is not expected to start any time in the immediate future. Notwithstanding that, the town manager, Kieran Keogh, welcomed the grant of 240000 that the council received under the Outdoor Recreation Improvement Scheme, which included the 100000 that we mentioned for the campervan car park. He also praised the foresight of the council members in passing Part 8, and now we have the funding to move ahead with that. So Councillor Damien Gagan of Fianna Gael said that the funding coming into the district from the central government is certainly to be welcomed. Now, I do know that one of the amendments to this, I've been speaking to Kieran since and he sent me on some um, footage as well. It's now actually going to be nine parking bays and the other two bays will be for the water disposal, the grey water disposal area. So it'll have to start with a total of nine bays, but plenty of spoke to uh, build on that again, like hopefully they did in, in Cove. Yeah, we covered this a few times on, on a few different podcasts mm-hmm. when it was in the planning last year. So it's good to see that I suppose we have to go ahead now and they're just waiting for, I suppose, restrictions to ease up and hopefully they can they can get parking. And it's it's a lovely location. It's overlooking the bay. Um, so it's very scenic and it's a short walk into town as well for most people. You can jump on a bike or stroll in or um, uh, it'd be a great location. It's just a pity there are not more spaces, but look, we'll take what we can get at this stage. And this part eight of the planning application can be availed of by any local county council if it's their land. Now, Colin McCarty of the Phoenix Motorhome Club, worked that, that club worked tirelessly with different county councils to try and get the likes of areas like we have in Cove and places like that. But Colin went on to Galway Bay FM. Now, as you know, Chris, there's been a lot of negative vibes going around Galway regarding campervans. So Colin got an interview when he spoke to Galway Bay FM's Keith Finn about the fact that Waterford got to go ahead. What's happening in Galway? Now, though, let me go to line two and on line two, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to go to um, Colin McCarthy who joins me. When it's all over, people with the motorhomes and all that will want to come back to Galway. Um, but he sent me a very interesting, in, in, an interesting email over the weekend in relation to motorhomes and Waterford. And he joins me now on the line. Uh, Colin, good morning to you. 
Good morning, Keith. When all of this is, is done and dusted and the motorhome owners get on the road again, yeah. um, y- there's change coming in Waterford and, y- and you want change in the West as well. We do, yes. I mean, uh, you know, uh, along the south coast, uh, you know, we're, we're getting very, very well catered for. And as I said, the most recent development there, which I, I sent information to, was that war for council. Uh, they got a, a £350,000 uh, grant there uh, from the Department of Rural and Community Development under the Outdoor Recreation Infrastructure Scheme. And within that figure... They have €100,000 to develop a motorhome parking area on some uh, council-owned uh, land uh, in, in Dungarvan. It will be, I mean, I know the, I know the site where they're proposing to do it. It's, um, it'll be co-located with uh, some other community, uh, community um, uh, sports centre and a, and a pitch and put, you know. Uh, so uh, it will mean that, you know, it'll be another town where, um, you know, people can go officially, pay a few euro and, and, and park up for a, a night or two or three while they sample the, the, the hospitality of the area as, as, as they tour. But you, you, but have, you have an issue with the West, you have an issue with Galway City, so you have, Colin. Well, there's a, there's a whole, there's, I mean, uh, the, the, the West generally is not well served with uh, motorhome parking and Galway City seems to have made a name for itself uh, as being anti-motorhome. I mean, just... just Two examples there, Keith, and the motorhome crack, which is one of the biggest um, forums for people with motorhomes in, in Ireland. There's 350 different posts to do with Galway, which have had over three and a half, uh, 30,000 views. By and large, they're negative. People are saying, don't go there because, um, you know, you're, you're not welcome. There's no provisions there, you know. And um, on, even on boards itself, where there's a section to do with, uh, with camping and caravanning, there's over 200 posts about Galway, you know, with, with, with over 7,000 views. So it is, it is um, high uh, in the list of topics of conversation. And unfortunately, it's all negative. You know, no. Yeah, but I mean, there, there was facilities at the docks, wasn't there? In, in there was, yeah, there was a very basic facility at the docks, which 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 was which sufficed. But for some reason, uh, they have been withdrawn. You know, um, Galway really it's it's fortunate in that it has uh, you know two locations uh, which would be very suitable. Uh, you know, with the type that that, that would be attractive. Uh, one is in down the new docks road, uh, but I know there's development plans there. But also along uh, Nemo's Pier, mm. um, you know, and, and the thing is, um, there is grant aid uh, available if, 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 if uh, works have to be done, you know, but I know there's a parking area down there as well, which is, um, which is suitable also, you know, but it, it, it just needs the political will of, of, of the council to, to, to do this. And, you, and you're calling on them today, then, Colin, to do that and to do it and to do it while while the pandemic is on, so that when the pandemic is cleared, say in 2021, that there'll be facilities in Galway. Yeah, I mean, what what what, what Waterford Council used? They used the the, the 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 Section Eight planning application system, you know, which I'm sure councillors are familiar with, where where they can do any development on council or land, but not around Galway. I mean, do you know, you you have um as you, as you go out through Connemara, there, you know, you've got beautiful round stone and on over to Clifton and while there are a scattering of campsites there there's nothing really suitable for the touring motorhome who wants to um, who, you know I mean for example in, in uh, if you if you were staying in for example Roundstone, you know it's, it's three kilometres from the nearest camping site into the town it is it's yeah, a, it's a, it's a decent walk and a dangerous enough walk it is it is whereas I mean I'm sure there's as far as I recall, there is a sort of a community business, community centre, uh, just uh, just uh, just on the outskirts of Roundstone, which you know could possibly provide some parking. 
And also out in Clifton, there's a, I know there's a cabin and camping park in Clifton. But again, you know, that's, um, that's the best cabin park, two and a half kilometres outside of town. And it's, again, it's, it's a good half hour walk into the town. Right, let's throw it out there, Colin, and see what we get back on it. Um, so you're, you're calling on our local councillors to look at this now and our council officials. And indeed, you're yeah. looking at the uh, Galway Harbour Company uh, to, yeah. to, to look at this and see from there then. Uh, it is. And like, the, the thing about it now is that, you know, Cove kind of broke ground here a few years ago by, by repurposing a section of an existing car park. And, and um, Waterford have, and now have broke new ground, if you excuse the pun, in, in securing, um, you know, a development grant from the Department of Rural and Community Development to provide um, a motorhome parking on a greenfield site. Well, let's, you know? let's see if we get a response to this, but I mean, you're, you're going to keep beating that power on that you have. Oh, yeah, you know, and I mean, I, I have a fondness for going up the west. It's a, I mean, us down the south here, we love to go up to the west of Ireland. We love to be able to tour around. But, like, there is no real proper facilities provided, you know, and I, I, wish, I wish there were. I, I wish instead of heading off to France uh, some year, we, we, we could tour up around the west for, for two or three weeks. All right, listen, thanks, Colin, for joining us. Colin McCarthy there from Motorhomes Ireland, indeed, but uh, he's from Motorhome Parking. So it's a valid point, you know, if, if they can do it in Dungarvan and rush this planning part eight through and there's lands available, county council-owned lands available in other town councils, you think they'd cop on and see how much money is there to be made from the tourist industry. You're going to see it as soon as we all get the go-ahead. We're going to be hitting towns and villages and campsites and people are going to realise there's money to be made out of these guys and we're not the big bad ogres that they're making us out to be. Absolutely, and a lot more people will probably go camping in Ireland um, once things are relaxed as well. But look, I think it's 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 as much about educating the members of the mm-hmm. the, t- the town and county councils uh, across Ireland. And fair play to Colin and uh, Kieran from Phoenix Motor Club and some of the other clubs as well for the work they do to promote that. You know, they're uh, a great lobby group. Right, we'll watch this space and hopefully at the tail end of this year or the beginning of the new year, we'll be saying, oh, by the way, guys, the diggers are in, Quans, and we'll keep you posted on that. But well done. The funding is there and we're ready to roll. Right, let's take up some of the follow-ups and shout-outs that we've been getting via tweets and emails during the week. Yeah, we got a message on boards.ie from Charles, uh, also known as Bogman. Um, just a quick message. He said, hope you three, including Charlie, are coping with this lockdown. I've cabin fever but can't complain after a month in mainland Scotland and the Hebrides. Made it home just in time. Stay safe all, Charles. Yeah, if you've been following any of the Facebook groups, you would have seen Charles' pictures up there and he, mm-hmm. he made us all very jealous with uh, his trip there. I was a bit worried about whether he'd make it home, but uh, he seems to have, have, have landed back home, which is great. Yeah, and speaking of our Charlie, as we're recording this today on the 22nd of April, it's his birthday today. He celebrates his seventh birthday today. So um, we'll give Charlie a mention on the podcast from Charlie and me, our camping vlog. Tony was on to say, loving the podcast. What else had he got to tell us? Um, He said, loving the podcast and vlogs. Keep up the great work. Anything that gets us virtually away is a help right now. You recently asked what people are doing to keep entertained and connected to their motorhomes at the moment. I am self-employed and have our motorhome parked up in the front drive here as usual, but it is my office right now. Great connectivity, comfort, privacy and space and basic calls can be taken outside on the grass. We have the barbecue going a good few times as well, so making the most of it, but can't wait to hit the road again soon. Keep safe, keep it up, uh, keep up the good work from Tony and Trish. So that's a, a lovely email from Tony. Uh, a made of mine actually is working from home as well. Um, 
and he has his camper van out on the drive, um, uh, Tommy, and he's working from there as well because I suppose with a few kids and everyone in the house, it's a nice quiet space for him to work at. I'm sure there's a lot more out there um, listening that are probably working from the van at the moment as well. It can be done. Yes, it can be done as long as you have the bit of Wi-Fi or do you know what? Tell them it can be done and just go out and sit down and relax and <laughs> enjoy the peace and quiet. Put your feet up. Uh, Dave Scott was on sending us a great follow-up email about the towing frames and the tools that I did on Charlie O'Meara camping vlog because as you know with us not being able to get out to visit campsites and stopovers I've been doing a couple of what we're calling info videos at your request but uh, Dave went on to say I wanted to thank you for sending me out some stickers a while ago I was going to attach photographs of them on the camper but it needs a good wash and we've been advised against washing cars and vans on the front due to the COVID-19 and it kind of makes sense. I'm not locked down myself as allegedly I'm essential. I'm a fairly low risk as I drive. He drives a truck actually on his own. So he sits by himself and he's very grateful that he lives in a small village and they have a lot of space and are privileged to have a bit of space around them. I thought the video on the towing frame was a great and really informative. Thank you very much, Dave. He goes on to say, I didn't realize that the mounting points uh, and the brake cable were attached and bolted to the car. I thought that was very like the old dollies that they used to use in the UK, which had chains around the front subframe. I think these are now illegal. Yes, they are. And you can't even buy them anymore. But your kit is far safer. Speaking of kits, you've loads of tools on the video, and I think you've almost every eventuality covered. It's a good job you've got a motorhome instead of a camper van to fit them all in. For myself, I have a pliers, a screwdriver, a multi-tool and tie wraps. I tend not to bring the socket set because of the space and the weight, but I do bring a track pump and a vehicle puncher repair kit. Google it. Um, I did actually Google it and it's something that I'm going to buy, but he says he thinks it's a great bit of kit. He says it's for a temporary repair, but I've driven 15,000 miles on my last repair. Thanks for another great podcast and keeping us entertained and informed during the lockdown. Putting out quality content whilst the subject you're focusing on is pretty much grounded due to COVID-19 is a sure sign of great minds. You guys have a brilliant rapport on your show. Here's to getting out again soon. Best wishes, Dave Scott. Two questions from that for me, Aaron. First, what's a track pump? I think that's just basically a 12-volt plug-in pump. Uh, okay. You okay. know, a compressor? Yes, yeah. And then the other one, is the other question going to be, what's the kit? Well, uh, yes, but I have three questions now. <laughs> okay, the second question, what's the kit is, if you get a puncher and you manage to pull out the nail, you get these little strims of rubber that you make the hole a little bit wider with a tool, and then you tread the rubber strip into the tire and pull it back out and trim it off, and that fixes the puncher. It's how punchers are repaired by professionals as well. Yeah, I've seen those. That was actually done in my car once when I was getting the tire repaired. So yeah. uh, I've seen that being done before. Now, you do need a lot of strength, and I shortened that email. He did go on to say that you need to be able to push that, that piece down through that little nail hole to pull it back out again, but he said it can be done. Yeah, I think that's how puncture repairs were originally done in the early days, but a lot of people are still doing those repairs that way. And, it, you know, it's the most, I suppose, environmentally friendly way as well. You're just kind of treading through a, a bit of rubber, you know. Yeah. What was your third and final question? Um, he mentioned at the start that we've been advised against washing cars and vans on the front due to COVID-19. I never heard of that. Is that what do you have? No, any... when I read that, I was surprised as well. And then I was thinking... Like, why, if, if, if you know, if, if you're washing your car on your drive, um, I mean, I power washed my drive today. 
So I don't know. I, I, I hadn't heard of it either. So no, if anybody yeah. wants to enlighten us on it. But no, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, if there are restrictions out there, um, if someone could let us know, we, we'd love to put out a, a message about it. It wasn't something I was aware of. So uh, thanks, uh, Dave, for that. Very yeah, helpful. thanks for that. And we'll give you the contact details if you want to get in touch with us and let us know what you've been up to. If that is um, not being able to wash your vans, your caravans, your camper vans and motorhomes, if that is a ruling, there's going to be an awful lot of people really annoyed because that's all they're doing at the minute. <laughs> they're getting out and cleaning the vans and the caravans and hoovering inside and doing all the little bits and pieces then. But mostly washing and polishing their camper vans. Have you done yours? Um, I haven't gotten around to that part of it yet, but definitely is on my list. It's parking the front now and starting to to pick up a, a bit of grime. So no, I, I think it's a job for this weekend. Definitely. And have you been starting it up the odd time? Yes, yeah. I've been kind of driving uh, during the days, during the weeks when, when the kids are off school, I park the motor at the front, give them more space at the back. For that reason, we have. Um, I've been driving it, but I haven't been driving it very far. I do need to take it up around... The ring road here. Um, yeah, just keep to keep cars moving. Right. So anyway, yeah. So thanks to Dave for that, and uh, thanks to Tony, and also thanks to Charles for getting in touch. And we we do we read out your tweets and your emails and anything we get in. So thanks for that, guys. Okay. What about tips? What have we got? So I was reading um, a, a couple of articles online, and a few of them related to kind of green camping. So I suppose this is. Uh, a tip for when we all get back on the road again but you know we covered uh, something like this before in an earlier podcast but I just thought I'd reach back out to people and give them advice on how to be a greener camper I suppose we've all noticed the um, nature is starting to make a, a bit of a comeback um, since we're not all out and about mm-hmm. uh, as much and they were saying about Venice and the whole canal system around Venice is after almost cleaning itself and the fish are back and all that. So I just thought, look, certainly uh, we, we could all do a little bit to become a greener camper. So the first tip I added is um, where possible to use reusable tea and coffee cups when you stop off for a break, you know, cut way down on the disposable items, you know, when you call into a garage and, and that, you know, bring your own cup with you and fill it up that way. Um, I, I think that would be a, a, a good opportunity and a good step to take. Do some of the garages give you discount if you use your if you bring in your own coffee cup and teacup? Yeah, a lot of garages do, and a lot of local shops as well uh, do that as well. Because I'm not a tea or coffee drinker, so I wouldn't be going into the garage for for the likes of that. But you go on to say then you could buy food products with little or no packaging. I have started to buy loose fruit. We used to get like six pack of apples and a tray of oranges. I've actually gone in now and starting buying six apples and, and 10 or 11 oranges. So I'm doing that one. Yeah, a lot of the shops are actually selling net bags now for your fruit and veg, mm-hmm. um, the reusable net bags. You know, they let the, the, the fruit and veg breed as well. And, you know, uh, very environmentally friendly. And most of them are probably made in all from recycled material. Um, another uh, area people might not think about um, is actually buying local seasonal food. So you're buying food that isn't traveling very far, which is obviously great for the environment, but you're buying um, food uh, and uh, food that's seasonal as well. So you're supporting the local market, but uh, again, doing your little bit for for a greener planet as well. 
Yeah, I do know when we go down Wexford Way and back when St. Margaret's campsite was open to motorhomes, we used to love stopping and picking up a bit of fruit and the potatoes because the potatoes down Wexford Way are just beautiful. And especially you can, the muck is still wet on them. So we try to do it as much as we can if we're heading away for a few days and we manage to pass the guys on the side of the road. We buy the local fruit, veg and maybe a bottle of their juice as well. So that's a good one. Another one, and you've actually done this, consider getting solar panels fitted to your van. I got solar panels fitted to our last van, which is my first van ever to do it. And it's the best thing, bar none, that I've ever done to the van. And so we had them fitted then to the new van when we picked it up the year before last. I would suggest to anybody, if there's one big job, now it can come in pricey. Well, pricey, you're not going to get change out of 500 euro. I think it's 500 euro well spent. Yeah, well, I... When I had my van parked up at home, I used to plug it in. Since I've got the solar panels now, I don't have to plug it in. You know, the solar panels will keep the leisure battery uh, topped up. You know, I look, it's 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 saving lots of energy and mm-hmm. it's very free and it's reusable. Yeah, and it is. One, there is an outlay, but I think it, it won less than a season. I'd say within five campsites you've paid, you've paid or five wild camping trips, it has it has done its job. Another tip I have is to swap your lights over to LED lights. Now, I've done this in most of the lights in our camper van, the ones that were, I suppose, cheap cheap and uh, economical to use. You know, the spotlights are all LEDs now. The bathroom lights are LEDs. The kitchen lights, they're very easy. What I would say if you are going to switch them over is to get a good brand. You know, avoid some of the, um, the, the cheaper alternatives. Uh, they tend not to be very good. They obviously last, but the light quality is poor and it'll end up just driving you mad if you don't get decent quality uh, LEDs. You know, Philips or Osram, I think, are, are two good brands. Yeah, I think that if you get a cheaper one, they tend to flicker a lot like a strobe light and it's not noticeable at first. But if you're sitting under reading a book for any length of time, it will cause headaches because there's a a mini flicker there. And you'll see it even on the Charlie and me videos. A lot of the cars now are LED lights and you'll see if, if there's a car in front of me on the dash cam, the lights are flickering. But a cheap LED in a confined space, you'll actually notice that and it can cause headaches. So look, a good tip there. What's next, Aaron? Um, Travelling. Look, travel at or under the speed limit to manage your fuel consumption a little bit better. I tend to do this because basically you're not in a hurry to get anywhere. You should be on your holidays from when you turn the alarm on in the house and lock the door. Start the engine, take your time, watch the revs and just plod along. And it is going to save you a lot on fuel consumption in the long run. Yeah, which is good for the environment, good for the planet. And then, of course, when it comes to campsites, consider leaving your car or your van. Now, I have to say that I'm guilty of this because we've lately been towing the car since the smart car and now the Fiat. But they do recommend consider leaving the van or the car and walk or cycling or get the bus or whatever local transport there is to the villages and tourist attractions. Up to the time before we start towing, we never left the campsite unless it was a walk up to a restaurant or a pub for a bit of grub or down to the beach. But yeah, that is a good one. When you visit campsites, consider leaving the van or the car and walk. And then, of course, the walking and the cycling is good for you. Yeah, look, it's not possible at every single site. Mm -hmm. Some sites are, are very remote and you do have to do it. But just, you know, where possible consider spending a day kind of in the local area or where you don't have to drive and maybe the following day you could visit the, the local tourist attractions if you need to, you know. So the next tip then we have is 
what we should be doing at home anyways, separate, separating out our waste and recycle it as much as you can um, when on the campsite as well. A lot of the campsites, if not all of the campsites now, provide recycling facility, food waste, so the, a, a normal waste as well. But try and cut down on the amount of waste and make sure you separate it. And then, of course, don't use your heating too much. Don't have tendencies to turn your heating on unless you really want to, be it electric heating or your gas heating. Really just, you know, unless it's really cold, use the heating. If not, don't use it. I find that I turn the heating on to heat the water so I could wash the delf. But then sometimes Deirdre would say to me, but she have a full kettle. I only had one cup of coffee. So I tend to use that water now as well, hence not using the, the gas as much as I normally would. And that brings us to our next one, which is don't waste water. You know, if you're only going for a weekend, you probably only need to put a quarter or a third of a tank with water. You know, I know a lot of people empty their all that water and it's a shame to see all that water pouring down the drain when people come back. So I suppose firstly, don't waste water. And secondly, don't drain your water when you come back. If you're going away the following weekend, that water is going to be perfectly fine in your tank. You know, if your tank is clean. Yeah, I only drain my water when I know we're not going away for a couple of weeks. And to be honest, with the exception of this year, it's seldom that I get to do it. Um, I do like to travel with a full tank of water. Some people say don't because, again, you can hinder your fuel consumption having that extra five, six, seven stone of weight of water. But it's just something I like to leave the shed with a full tank of water but when i come back now i don't empty it unless as i say i'm not going to be driving for a couple of weeks another one then is use the greener versions of the chemicals for the loo and buy eco products like glue roll and compostable packaging so that's I suppose it's kind of an obvious one as well, but you know the you've often seen the Blue Lou brand. Um, there are green versions of that and, and other fancy colours as well. But consider if you can some of those more eco-friendly versions of those products. I did a video back at the beginning with Charlie and me about chemical toilets and different tabs that people use, and I've got to be honest, I still go back to the Telford to the blue one. Um, I just find that it does a good job. I don't know how eco-friendly it is, if it is at all, but I just find that it's, it's the one that does the job. Yeah, some of them, um, I suppose it's supposed to take away the odour and some of them don't do a great job. So look, if anybody's got a good recommendation on an eco product that does do that job on, on the odour, you might let us know. Here's one we all should be doing anyway as well. If you see rubbish on the ground or nearby or a nearby beach, consider picking it up and disposing of it properly. We should all be kind of helping not just prevent the rubbish, but where we see it to, to pick it up and to dispose of it as well. So whether you're out camping or you're at home, I think it's a, it's a good tip for everybody. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can involve the kids as well and educate them as well. At the end of the day, we're doing it for them. So they might as well help do it to protect it for their children and, and children's children. And you can make a bit of fun of it as well. I do know that we do it when we're down in Ardmore with the kids. OK, with all your kids, I've often seen them heading out with bags and just do a bit of a cleanup. And it's just nice to keep the area clean. And always remember, clean up after yourself just as you leave the campsite or the wild camping spot pick up and as they say just leave your footprint behind yeah there's a big movement going on a lot of the beaches where they encourage people to pick up three bits of plastic or something like that from the beach every time they visit and they said if we all did it we'd have very clean beaches very quickly mm -hmm. yeah and it does it adds up in fact i think last summer myself and deirdre were down in Fenor and we were on the beach and we met a couple coming back 
and she had a black sack full of rubbish, but it was rubbish from boats. It wasn't rubbish from the beach. It was washed up rubbish that had come in from fishing boats. Every single bit of it was washed up fishing paraphernalia. Yeah, like there's no real excuse. No matter where you are for leaving plastic in the water or on the beach for that matter. Right, let us move on to products. And we got a great email from uh, Adrian during the week. Tell us about this one. Yeah, it's quite a lengthy email, but I think it's worth going through. So um, Adrian tells us about a product called The Lock and Level. You might remember Adrian, we interviewed Adrian for the podcast about co-owning a caravan. And he also did a review for us on the Kadak barbecue. Mm-hmm. So I'll read the email. Um, Hi, Chris and Aaron. Hope all is well with you and your families. In your pod- In your last few podcasts, you covered jacking methods um, uh, and changing of tires. So I thought I would give you a review of a product I have started to use that covers two main functions for use on caravans and motorhomes, namely, number one, levelling and locking of the through-the-wheel locks for the twin axle. It also has the added benefit of acting as a jack for twin axles. The product is called Lock and Level, and aptly so. Um, It would be best described as a lightweight, but heavy-duty airbag system. There are two main products available, which are A, a single-cell airbag for use on single axles, and a twin-cell twin airbag with individual-cell inflation control for twin axles. So how does it work? You simply lay the lock-and-level bag or bags, if you have uh, more than one, on the ground in line with your wheels and drive over them until your wheels sit at the dead centre of the airbag. Each end of the airbag has a stainless steel ramp clamp so you cannot damage them driving driving on and off. So basically, you inflate those up um, using a 12-volt uh, or cordless car air-type compressor, like what you get from Halfords. You can inflate that then and level off your van to the desired level. Um, on leaving then, all you have to do is remove any locks, let the air out of the airbags using the release valve, uh, and drive them off and pack away. I suppose the pros of this lock and level system is the ease of use and time saving for leveling. For twin axles with locks and changing of the tire, it's by far, my opinion, the best and easy solution for leveling and locking the wheels. The cons, I guess, would be that you cannot get this product in any shop and it's only available to order from their UK website. So how much does it cost? A single cell airbag for use on single axles is 125 pound plus postage and packing. The twin cell airbag, comes in at £200 posting packaging. The 12-volt or cordless car to air tire compressor is not included, so you need to pick one of these up yourselves. The webpage um, to look at this system is www.locknlevel.co.uk. So that's lock, the letter N, the word level.co.uk, if anybody wants to see that. It's a pretty clever system. Um, certainly, uh, I would see it probably having more benefit for the twin axle vans, you know, mm-hmm. over... The, the, the normal chocks that you get. And I think more benefit for caravans than motorhomes. For single axles, I'd rather stick with the chocks than go with the with the airbags. What I didn't know about before the, the email was about this lock system for the wheels, for twin axle wheels. Do you know much about that, Aaron? It, it's a caravan thing. It's That's right. 100% a caravan thing. I've seen them. And I used to say to myself, why, if you're on a campsite, are you locking the wheel of your caravan? But I suppose if you go off for the day in your car, there's nothing stopping somebody getting onto a campsite and hitching up your caravan and driving away. And it was something that I thought about getting for the trailer for the smart car. 
And then I knew that we were going to be changing, so I didn't. But yeah, those locks and the photograph that he sent us, um, it's a thing mainly for caravans that you just lock one wheel. One wheel would be enough. It's just a wheel lock for outside. Okay, okay. Now that makes more sense now. <laughs> now that you've explained it. So yeah, I suppose it's just another security thing. Uh, if you have it, it's probably no harm to use it. Yes. Oh, definitely. And we all need a bit of security. Um, you know, you're after investing 10, 15, 20 grand upwards. You don't want to come out to your shed and see the thing gone from there. So yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Right. You know what? Will we knock that on the head? We're, we're hitting the 30 minutes on the, the broadcast for today. And uh, we really do need your content. As it was said earlier on in the podcast, you know, we're on lockdown. We can't get out and discover new things ourselves. So we really do like when you guys get in touch with us with any camping related topic whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. Um, any suggestion you can do on products, any suggestions you can give us on campsites. I know the campsites are closed, but we still love to hear about the campsites and we're all planning our trips away for when, when the uh, restrictions are lifted. So if you've been to any campsite over the year, um, we'd love to hear about them. You know, we, we can't get to every campsite. Um, so we're hoping that you can tell us about your favourite campsite. And if not, tell us, log on to campsitereview.com. Gosh knows, we've got nothing but time at the moment. And just log into the free forum, pick the topic, go to the county. If it's not already there, start a new topic and we'll put it into the proper county and do the editing later on. Now that you have a bit of time in your hand, let's get creative and tell us about the campsites you've been in. We will give you all of the contact details for the podcast and for Charlie and me uh, in just a couple of moments. But I think that wraps it up. We want you to stay safe and when this lockdown and it will be lifted we're looking forward to meeting up with you guys so from me Aaron please do stay safe and we'll talk to you again same time next week yeah we Chris Byrne just want to wish you goodbye and to to tell you to tell your camping friends about us and to let us know if you'd like some stickers as well to contact the Camping Crew Podcast email campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com tweet us at the camping crew on YouTube it's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me are camping vlog. You'll get us on motorhomecrack.com forum, boards.ie forum, and we're on a lot of Facebook pages related to motorhomes and camping. Well, that's it for another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening, and do join us again very soon. Safe camping. Mm-hmm.